0: You're listening to the Ragged Edge. I'm Richard Stone.
1: With with uh, climate change, these extreme weather events will become more frequent. Um, the science is pretty clear about that. Um, both you know winter storms, but also hurricanes and tornadoes and droughts and and wildfires. So this is our new normal. This is certainly a climate change disaster. It's not the first, and it will it will certainly not be the last.
0: I wanted to do this episode to help give our listeners some context into why a winter storm could knock out cold all of our essential utilities, heat, water, and well, even internet. So after he wrote and posted a terrific tweet this week, I invited Representative James Tallarico to sit in for a bit. We talked about how inexpensive it is to prevent the sort of energy failures Texas saw as compared to how insanely expensive it will be to recover from this natural disaster. Who has the ultimate responsibility? Uh, Spoiler alert, it's not really ERCOT, though that group isn't without some culpability and will be thrown under the bus in the coming weeks. We only had a few minutes to talk. He gained a bit of national attention for that tweet, and uh, we'll get to that conversation in just a minute. But first, a point of privilege. Dearest Cousin, The experience washing dishes in a gallon of tepid snow melt was less than satisfactory. I fear we may perish from some vile disease induced by the rotted scraps of food we were unable to remove from the silverware. We returned to the back 40 to fetch more snow. We were required to hammer through a thick rind of ice before we could harvest the snow underneath. It was cold and wretched labor two gallons of snow renders barely two quarts of water. I dread the effort, but poo can only do so much. We must flush the toilets today. Alas, the good whiskey will not outlast the ice, but I discovered a partial bottle of cheap Irish in the recesses of the cupboard. We will persevere. Please inform me of your situation and assure us of the health and safety of you and yours, your cousin. If this last week has taught me anything, it's that I was not cut out to be a pioneer. Representative James Tallarico, welcome to the show again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I saw you were on CNN a little while ago. Well, uh, I wish it was under better circumstances. Absolutely. Um, But CNN has nothing on on this show, of course. Oh, thank you so much. You're a constituent. They're not. So uh, that makes all the difference. um, And and I'll always reach out to you. And um, um, if nothing else, kind of rant a little bit and and thank you for not replying to some of those rants. I I appreciate
1: that. (laughs) I, I feel like my phone has been blowing up from Sunday night. Till uh, till this afternoon, so All right. it's been been something else.
0: So, what I wanted to talk about, and you and I kind of exchanged a few text messages back and forth. I guess it was Tuesday night, yeah. and during the day uh, on Wednesday, the problem. Obviously, it's it's a multi pronged problem. There's no one silver bullet that's going to fix this. But most of this problem seems to come back to, and the problem I'm talking about is the energy market in Texas, how it's right. designed, and the impact that had on us Monday and Tuesday, and then spilled into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, right. with the severe weather event, and that basically knocked most of our infrastructure out cold. Right. And this this goes back to how we have deregulated our energy market. It's basically, uh, um, I don't know how to say, it. I, I joked kind of seriously at one point that this is what you get when you fashion your energy market around an Enron pipe dream. Mm. Because that was kind of the driving force behind deregulate, right. or one of the driving forces, and certainly one of the big players uh, right. behind deregulation back in the late 1990s here in Texas. Right. You saw the governor's press conference yesterday where he said he's going to requ- mandate that energy companies winterize their system, mm-hmm. or at least give us a more robust system. But then right. he then he turned right around and said, "Oh, and by the way, taxpayers, you're going to pay for it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. So I'm just interested in your in, in your thoughts on that. On on, yeah. is, is he going in the right direction? Is is that what we need to be doing? Well, I mean, I, I'm glad that he recognizes there's a
1: problem. Uh, and I'm glad he recognizes that winterizing our facilities has to be part of the solution. He's um, certainly late, along with a lot of state policymakers. But in this situation, my attitude is better late than never. Right. Um, but as you said, the idea that taxpayers, that our state government is going to bail out these private companies um, for their negligence and their their lack of responsibility um, is infuriating given what we've been through this last, the last week. And, you know, there were uh, good actors in the system. You know, Vistra Energy comes to mind, which is a supplier that did the hard work of winterizing some of their facilities. And on, you know, at the, at the worst point in the storm this week, um, Vistra was kind of carrying the state on its back, um, kind of overperforming um, and having to to carry more of the load because they had been responsible. Right. And the actors that weren't responsible now seem like they're going to get a bailout from uh, from the state government uh, if if the governor's plan goes through. And it's it's infuriating on another level, which is that so many of our state leaders only will provide generous government support. To corporations right the only kind of welfare they will support is corporate welfare these are the same policymakers who who don't bat an eye about you know cutting off uh, nutritional support for poor kids or um, support for single mothers or those who are experiencing homelessness but you know when a giant corporation needs help, you know, we rush in to save the day, mm-hmm. or a big industry like this, right? Yeah, and, and you know, I think you and I know the answer to that, which is that poor kids and single mothers and people experiencing homelessness do not write uh, big checks. <laughs> to our- <laughs> right well uh, they don't usually write checks at all but uh, what they do they're not big
0: yeah um, and and even if they do write whether they do or don't write big checks obviously they don't they also don't they don't write letters they don't pick up the phone and call yep, they don't yep. they, they don't there are some things That's they can uh, yeah they Well, I don't know. You know, somebody who's homeless doesn't necessarily have the resources to contact his his state representative or or his congressman or whatever. Right. And 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 I understand, you know, the, the privilege that I have in that there are very few of my state elected leaders and federal elected leaders that don't return my phone call when I call them. Not everybody has that has that luxury quite frankly. Yep. Yep. But the squeaky wheel gets a grease. And if the squeaky wheel is also greasing the wheels, right. uh, <laughs> as they <Right>. say, <laughs> yep. Yep. have you had a, an opportunity to talk to any of your fellow legislators at this point to see what chance? I mean, obviously, this was going to be this is going to be forefront in, mm-hmm. in, in the legislature. And, and he made it, uh, the governor made it an, uh, an emergency issue so y'all can get right to it. Sure. But this isn't the first time that our grid has very nearly failed as a mm-hmm. result of a major weather event. I mean, 2011, and there's a great report and a great autopsy of the 2011 right. event. There'll be a great autop- autopsy on this one, too, but it won't come out until after the legislature uh, yep. meets. And the 2011 event also occurred during a legislative session, and they didn't do anything, as I recall. Yep. Yep. I mean, I think it was 2015 before any any substantive legislation came out in order to address mm-hmm. this. Do you think there's an appetite for this? I mean, I, I think there I think constituents will demand it, uh, which creates
1: political will. Um, and, you know, if the public wants something bad enough, they they'll usually get it. I hope that people around the state can can maintain the drumbeat. Uh, in the weeks and months ahead to make sure that something happens. But yeah, you know, this, you know some of the industry folks, some of the cons- my conservative colleagues are using the excuse that this was a freak storm, once in a century event. Um, but as you pointed out, you know, we, we had a situation in 1989. We had one in 2011, now 2021. So it sounds like it's more of a once in a decade Occurrence, you know. <laughs> That's about
0: right, and, just, and actually, yeah. <laughs> actually, I think they're 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 getting shorter together. This last is <laughs> exactly. once in a decade. It was like twenty years between the previous really, yep. really serious one, which, is like yep. you said, was nineteen eighty nine. Well, no, with with
1: uh, climate change, these extreme weather events will become more frequent. Um, the science is pretty clear about that. Um, both you know winter storms, but also hurricanes and tornadoes and droughts and and wildfires. So this is our new normal. This is certainly a climate change disaster. It's not the
0: first, and it will it will certainly not be the last. No, the next one's going to be another hurricane. Mm-hmm. Very, yep. li- very likely, and very likely this fall. Yep. Uh, I know that you worked with uh, Speaker Phelan or and and mm-hmm. I don't know that you worked with him necessarily, but you supported Speaker Phelan's uh, efforts yep. to uh, build some water infrastructure uh, yep. ahead of the next major storm. I don't know where that particular yep. process is is in, uh, but yep. there's lots of money allocated to to deal with some things. Yep, yep. But it was because a powerful Republican got behind it. Right, right. Well, and it's because it got bad
1: enough where we finally acted. You know, for once, our our state should act before there's an emergency we, we should take some preventative approaches here and you know that's what happens when you're cheap right everybody in, uh, knows someone in their life um, who's you know stingy um, <laughs> <or> over- <laughs> right? um, and they don't they don't pay up front and they end up paying later and that's exactly what's happening now except now we're paying not only in money which this will be the most expensive natural disaster in state history, but we're also paying in lives. Uh, we've already lost lost lives this week, and, and as you know, in winter storms, you don't know the full body count until uh, until after the the snow has has melted and the ice has thawed. So we we I think don't know how many people
0: have died, and I, I fear that that number will be will be pretty shocking. Yes, forty seven is the last number I heard, but that was yesterday sometime, right? And
1: then there are a lot of homes that we haven't gotten into. So
0: yeah. As you could tell from some of my texts the other night, uh, I've kind of been rage texting about this to just about everybody I know, or rage tweeting or whatever. But it, but it just seems like, you know, this particular issue, the, the way we have designed our uh, utility grid, our our energy grid, and the energy market was set up to fail almost. Right, uh, right. I know that ERCOT's taking it on the chin, and will probably deservedly take it on the chin. But sure. the, the, the real I mean, the real villains in this in this scenario are the ones who wrote the legislation that passed back in 2002 that enabled this to occur. And I you know I tweeted out um,
1: uh, a couple of days ago the org chart, which has, you know, ERCOT. And then above it, it has the Public Utilities Commission, which is appointed by the governor. And then above that commission uh, is the Texas legislature. I was getting frustrated that. The governor and other elected officials were attempting to throw Aircott under the bus. You know, it's almost like, you know, a, a murder suspect who um, blames uh, his hand. <laughs> for <hitting> the, bus. <laughs> well, the, the hand is just just implementing, uh, you know, what the what the murderer and that's that's exactly what's, what's happening here. I mean, Aircott is just implementing the policies passed by, you know, the elected uh, representatives of the
0: people of Texas. And that's left and the governor. Mm hmm.
1: Mm hmm.
0: I mean, the emergency response also seemed to be a little off yeah. when, when there's a hurricane and we and we see that hurricane bearing right. down on the Gulf Coast right. for a week prior to that. You see public service announcements. You see everybody saying, hey, go get you some bottled water. Get ready. Yep. Make sure you got batteries for your for, yep. your for your flashlight. Batten down the hatches. If you're on <laughs> the, if you're on the coast, get the hell out of there. Yep. We didn't see any of that. And we knew at least a week out. Hell, I follow several meteorologists and have, honestly, since Harvey, you know, that kind of that whole event really kind of shook me. Sure. But I've followed some some really smart meteorologists who back in January were saying this kind of event was on the way. They were watching the polar vortex. They saw that extra heating going on above uh, above the Arctic Circle. They saw the lobe splitting off and they said, guys, mid-February is going to be a mess. Yeah. Yeah, we've got some smart people in the uh, in, in our state's emergency management department. Uh, you know, whatever you might want to say about Governor Rabbit, he's a smart man. He's yeah. he's he's no dummy by any stretch of the imagination. Yep. What happened? Yeah, I mean, that's that is the question that
1: I keep asking because I was I was in the Capitol on Thursday of last week. And the only thing I heard uh, was it's gonna be chilly this weekend, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Like, laughs> no, nope. and I and I had a full schedule for Tuesday after President's Day. Um, so I obviously was myself, uh, as a state official was, was completely caught unaware, did not buy supplies. Um, did not stock up this. I think and that's that's what some people are frustrated by is that there was no heads up. Mm-hmm. And so I hope as part of the investigation next week that that is something we get answers to is is how people were not warned and had no time there. Um, and I imagine that will be a cause um, of, of much of the loss of life will be will be the lack of preparation and the lack of communication. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm afraid you're probably right. Well, how yeah. are you? How are you? How are you bearing up? I know that you as you just <laughs> yeah. noted, you you were caught, caught a little flat footed by this whole thing okay. as well and were without power for. Do you have your power back? I have power back. I was without power for about 40 hours, a little over 40
1: hours. Um, and that was tough. Um, and uh, was at without water for a couple of days. Um, I got water back yesterday, but I had a pipe burst, so I had to turn off my water. So I am back without water right now. But um, you know, but I, I'm still a lot luckier than a lot of other people. You know, I don't have anyone who's elderly. I don't have any infants in my household. I don't have any anybody who requires medical equipment um, because of a disability. So um, in that way, I'm I'm lucky. But yeah, it's 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 impacting all of us. No one is spared. So, um, what's next? Uh, you said something about investigation. The first, the first hearing is on Thursday of next week. It's on my calendar, so I, I will be there. Um, so, I, I'm hoping that we start to start to uncover. The truth of what happened um on thursday well good luck with that i hope you do yeah thank you I hope
0: I you do. It. well thank you for uh taking a few minutes this afternoon i know you're very busy and mm-hmm. i always appreciate the opportunity to visit with you whether it's like this <laughs> or um, in a more <laughs> informal setting I either way I, i'm always
1: always uh always happy to hear from
0: you thank you very much Represa- representative representative Tal- Tal- uh good luck thank you and uh yeah, yeah, keep after him man keep after him i, I will all right. Thank you, you. And y'all stay safe and warm. We, we shall. Thank you, sir. you. That's our show this week. Thank you to James Talarico for sitting in. A reminder, you can find The Ragged Edge on Apple Podcasts or wherever you look for shows like this. If you like the show, rate it and review it. Every positive review helps listeners find us, and, well, we like that. The Ragged Edge is a production of RTS Connect, where public-facing organizations will find help to make their point, then stay on point. Info at rtsconnect.org. Production assistance provided by KBSR, Black Sparrow Digital Broadcasting. Join Black Sparrow's Patreon and give these wonderful free-range DJs a boost patreon.com slash black sparrow opinion expressed on the ragged edge or those of the speakers and now don't necessarily reflect those of kbsr original music composed and performed by ryan stone thanks man thanks for listening to the ragged edge see you next week